history of TBI expert view. In this series, we'll continue to discuss the evolving global VAT landscape, current trends and topics that businesses should be considering as we move into 2023 and beyond. The first two series were great success with some episodes achieving over 40,000 views and the feedback we got from you, our clients and our partners and the wider VAT community was absolutely fantastic. So I'm hoping and I'm sure series three will be just as informative uh, and interesting for everyone. Over the coming weeks, we'll be announcing uh, our guests and our topics for series three, so please stay tuned for that. Uh, however, as always, if you'd like to get involved or if you have a topic that you would like us to include, or indeed you'd like to be a guest speaker yourself, please reach out to us, we'd be absolutely delighted to hear from you. For now though, I'd like to introduce you to Lisa Dowling, our Senior Global Director of All Things VAT, and Nicoletto Petrosino, the Global Indirect Tax Manager at Nestle. And Lisa and Nicoletto will be discussing VAT in the digital age. Thanks, Catherine. Uh, welcome to the Expert View. In this episode, we're going to talk about uh, VAT in the digital age, the changes that are coming down the line for business from a digital point of view. I'm joined today by Nicoletta Petrozino, the VAT manager from the Nestle Group, to discuss this topic. Welcome, Nicoletta. Thank you. It's always a pleasure for being with you. So today we have spoken about this topic in great detail before at various conferences that myself and Nicoletta have met at. We're talking about lack of harmonization, digital change that's coming into VAT compliance. We're seeing it in various forms. We're seeing it in mandatory B2B e-invoicing being rolled out throughout Europe. We're seeing it in various different uh, digital reporting requirements also throughout Europe, SAFT for example. We're seeing it for the platform economy. We're seeing it with simplifications in OSS and IOSS. And this all brings an element of a burden to business because there's various domestic changes that are being introduced. And so businesses are kind of struggling to keep up. And so we wanted to look at this topic then from the EU Commission's point of view and what the EU Commission has done this year to address those kind of burdens for business and to address kind of the lack of harmonisation in the, in the VAT system in Europe. So Nicoletta, could you just maybe explain to us what the EU Commission has done this year to start to address those kind of issues? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, this year, the European Commission launched a public consultation. So it was mainly, um, uh, you know, um, to gather information uh, from different stakeholders regarding three main pillars. So um, um, it, the, the idea is to have uh, this consultation um, ending up into um, uh, um, a draft legislation that will be probably um, out this year in November. We already have a kind of report of the, the, the of the findings that are coming from the consultation, uh, but the final draft should be in November, and the uh, the package should be implemented in 2024 uh, uh, or in 2025. It really depends on the topic. Um, so the, the three three main pillar are um, on. First of all, digital um, uh, reporting requirements. Uh, so um, the European Commission realized uh, how uh, is fragmented the regulation within the 27 states and uh, how it is uh, uh, heavy the, uh, the burden on the business to comply with it. So they would like to go through a kind of harmonized, harmonized uh, digital reporting required, uh, requirement. They will focus mainly on e-invoicing 
and um, this will be all also focusing only on intra-EU digital reporting requirements. Um, the, the first benefit that you can have from this uh, uh, from this approach is to uh, to have the elimination of the e, uh, intra-EU uh, sales list and also of the interest. That is still a very very good uh, very very good point, a very good outcome of, of this approach. It's also um, important to uh, to note that it is under discussion uh, where the data uh, coming from the taxpayer has to be kept, if at taxpayer level or uh, at the central level. So um, in this last case, um, if the information are centralized um, within the tax authorities, there is a still a benefit that is coming out that is basically the, uh, the um, preferred VAT uh, return or the uh, faster VAT uh, um, refund uh, procedure or, and also a uh, more targeted audit um, uh, to, to the business. Yeah. The other... Uh, yeah. So what, like, what are we seeing at the moment, though? You know, so we, we saw that the mandatory B2B e-invoicing rolled out in Italy, and what was the benefit for business, or what were the gaps uh, that the authorities there didn't consider? I suppose one of the big gaps there was kind of the refund uh, procedure and how the mandatory B2B e-invoicing impacted some of the VAT deduction um, opportunity for business in Italy. Um, particularly with kind of uh, employee expenses, we saw that a lot of companies um, resident in Italy uh, gave up their right to VAT deduction on those kind of expenses because they couldn't um, marry the e-invoicing process with their uh, T&E flow. And so they decided that it was less burdensome just to give up the right to deduction, which is kind of a negative outcome of the rollout of e-mandatory B2B e-invoicing in Italy. So you'd hope then the that any further rollout of mandatory B2B e-invoicing would take these into consideration. But as you say, the Commission are only looking at a very tight scope for, for e-invoicing and a harmonisation of e-invoicing. So we're going to see these, we're going to continue to see these differences uh, throughout Europe, you would imagine, for those mandatory B2B rollouts. We're seeing, you know, developments in Poland, we're seeing developments in France, and already they even look different from each other. So the French model um, is different from the what's, you know, being proposed for Poland. Poland seems similar to Italy, but businesses are still going to have to deal with this, these kind of differences, um, right, Nicoletta? And the EU Commission proposal and the policy suggestions that have been made really don't go very far to address those kind of differences that businesses are going to have to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. And we also have uh, kind of, you know, if there is going to be harmonization, there has been commentary that, um, you know, just the IT infrastructure that's needed for the tax offices to be able to roll out these kind of changes um, is huge and very burdensome for tax offices as well. I mean, you know, the, the benefits down the line are great, but the initial burden is very great too. And, you know, the expectation is that, you know, uh, full rollout will take probably till 2030, which is, you know, it's a long, it's a long road and a long process. So, so that's kind of on the, um, the first kind of pillar. And then the second pillar that uh, is dealt with um, in this proposal or the consultation, I suppose, we're still kind of at, still kind of pulling together the information of the consultation, looking at that final report as a result of the consultation that was began at the, at the beginning of this year. So the second pillar uh, relates to the platform economy. So what can you tell us about this, uh, Nicoletta? 
Yeah, sure. So, as you know, in, in July 2021 was launched the uh, e-commerce VAT package. So it was mainly introduced to tackle the fraud related to the low-value uh, goods uh, importation and also to simplify the distances regulation for the business. So um, after the first six months of the implementation of the package, actually the, the commission um, observed that they uh, were able to uh, cash in eight billion of VAT from the IOSS and the OSS scheme introduced by the package. And also they were able to recover 1.9 billion of VAT related to the, the low value goods importation. So this is a very good result already for them. And um, of course, the, 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 the idea is to improve the package as it is today. So the, the idea would be really to uh, um, uh, eliminate the threshold of 150 uh, of 50 euro um, and also to uh, to make the IOSS mandatory still the IOSS, the IOSS is not perfect unfortunately so you see the the number can be stolen uh, it can also be uh, not really verified uh, by uh, the tax authority and this will um, end up in, into a double taxation so uh, the uh, exemption at import will be completely lost and this is also a key. Other challenges are coming from the package. Um, for example, it is really uh, difficult to, to qualify uh, the uh, marketplace as an electronic interface as it is defined by, uh, by the regulation and when it is defined as that, uh, the demand scheme supply should uh, should apply. And um, when it is applicable, still it is not uh, possible to say that the business is relieved from uh, the, the VAT liability because um, still there are uh, uh, challenges on the VAT rate applicable to the product. So you know uh, who is responsible for that, uh, the, the, the marketplace or the producer of the product. If, if there is a challenge from the tax authority, who is responsible for that? And can uh, indeed the, the, the marketplace um, uh, kind of push back this responsibility to the business uh, and asking, for example, to apply a limited uh, responsibility clause into the legal agreement. So how this uh, can be managed? And these are, you know, a very tough point also uh, into the negotiation with them, as you can imagine. Um, finally, uh, what it is really, really uh, um, complicated still is the reconciliation and the reporting of the VAT amount. So all these sales, as you can, uh, as you can see, they are still uh, into the business booking, uh, but after uh, they have to be reported and the VAT has to be paid by the, the marketplaces. So it is still, you know, kind of a magician <laughs> that has to be done. Uh, and, and, you know, um, so this magic is, is not always working. So um, the amount that is paid by the, the, the electronic interface to the tax authority has to be recharged to the business. And everything has to be, you know, uh, reconciled into the business account because otherwise you may have an impact on your PNL. And, and this is, the, the thing that nobody wants to have. Mm -hmm. So there's still, there's still a big administrative burden, there's still lack of clarity on responsibility. 
and we still have this issue of the tax offices haven't really caught up with these kind of processes in order to validate an IOSS number. And then we still have fraudsters kind of catching up with the process as well and being able to kind of rob an, IS, an IOSS uh, registration number. So there's still definite issues there with um, the changes for the platform economy. And so hopefully the, this final report that we have in relation to the consultation um, we'll deal with some of those kind of the, the lack of clarity that we have in that regard. And so let's move on then to the final pillar. And so we have um, the single EU VAT registration. Um, what is this one uh, dealing with? Yeah, so the last pillar is focusing on the uh, single VAT registration in Suicide. So uh, as the OSS has, has been so successful, uh, they would like to expand uh, this scheme also to other transactions uh, that today are, are not covered, like the movement of uh, own goods uh, when the uh, final uh, customer is a consumer, uh, but also to supplies between non-resident companies um, where the reverse charge today is not applicable. So, and, and indeed, the other the other improvement that I would like to have is to extend as much as possible to all the other transactions where it is possible, the, the, the reverse charge scheme, but still the scheme is not standardized, it's not harmonized, and all member states has their own rule uh, that has to be applied and the business has to cope with. Uh, this is not part of the the, 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 the improvement. So this this uh, this harmonization is not part of the of the plan still. And also, it's a pity that it's not part of the uh, of the improvement. Um, uh, the, the, the granting the right of deduction uh, to the OSS scheme, because as you can imagine, this creates still a big big cash flow impact for the business. Yeah, so again, VAT deduction is impacted really by these kind of simplifications that we're seeing or these kind of process improvements that, that are being suggested. And, um, you know, the inability to include your input VAT into these uh, declarations is again a big uh, burden and a big administrative issue for business. So, um, you know, and, and as you say, we don't really see any kind of improvement there. We just see an extension of the one-stop shop. Um, which doesn't, again, doesn't include the right to VAT deduction within those declarations. Um, so, Nicoletta, thanks so much uh, for going through the three pillars of the consultation um, and that uh, we would like to just kind of talk a little bit about what has happened now. So we had this consultation early in the year, now we have this final report, so what's to be expected? The final report, I suppose, gave us kind of a summary of the pillars, uh, the challenges for business, um, impact statements from the various stakeholders, policy suggestions so what's next now yeah, so what we expect is to have kind of draft of the regulation in November this year, uh, and hopefully this, uh, you know, uh, this will cope with all the, the the issues that we just discussed. So of course, uh, it is very welcome the approach of the of the Commission of um, putting all the stakeholders around the table and consulting them in order to tackle this um, uh, this lack of harmonization uh, within the, the within the EU. But still, it's a long journey, so I don't expect this to be fixed. In, uh, this year or, or in, in the next year, so it will be a very long journey. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a great approach to take to have this consultation paper to get the stakeholders all together to give their feedback and the challenges that they have and to come up with this final report and to make a legislative proposal this year. Uh, but as you say, it's a very long road and we don't expect kind of any immediate harmonization or, or relief for business. But Nicolette, what I would say is when we do have that draft legislation, maybe you could come back and talk to us again about what that means and the impact that will have for business. With big pleasure. Great. Thanks, Nicoletta. It was lovely to talk to you today. Stay for me. Thank you to you. Thank you for listening to TBI Expert View. As always, if you enjoyed the conversation, please share and subscribe to get notified when a new episode is released. Bye.